Welcome to American Redemption, the show where the next generation of American patriots learn to fight back in America's toughest cultural battles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to American Redemption. Special episode today, we have a special guest, the Wisconsin Nationalist. Hello, Mr. Wisconsin. Hello, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. Steve is here as well. He's back. I am back two episodes in a row after my one episode hiatus, but we have a fantastic episode for you guys today. We will be referring to Wisconsin Nationalists as Wisconsin throughout the episode, and the goal is ultimately to talk about the issues of states' rights and ultimately with Midwest Pill Andrew. I already love the Midwest, dude. <laughs> it's a you great see, region. It's more specific. It's Wisconsin. It's not the Midwest. I mean, we love our Midwestern brothers. we got to stop the Midwestern brother wars, except mm-hmm. Illinois. No one likes Illinois. Illinois. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're surrounded. If, they're, if they're I had t- to pick my favorite Midwestern states, it would probably be Wisconsin and Ohio. It's, it's true. They're, they're good choices. They love to see it. Yeah. I, so, I put Wisconsin over Ohio just for the cheese, um, but... Now, speaking of cheese, tell us about Wisconsin I, and cheese. I will tell you all what what would you like to know. I I actually I looked up a couple. Of, well, I know a lot about cheese, as you as I'm sure you can imagine. But I, I looked up a couple of quick cheese facts, and a friend actually told me this. But he said that the the federal government has a stockpile in a warehouse in a warehouse. Government, government cheese. Government cheese. They have 1.4 billion pounds of cheese in a warehouse. Just, just because, because they subsidize it every year because mm-hmm. people need their cheese, understandably so. So then they just keep buying, but then there's always su- such a surplus. So they just keep buying it. So it's just stockpiling. And one of these days we're taking it back, bringing it back home where it belongs. And uh, yes. quick we're other gonna... cheese fact, 2 billion pounds of cheese is made in Wisconsin every year, which is wow. a beautiful thing to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard the government cheese thing a couple years ago blew my mind. Couldn't believe it was real. I heard they used to store it in just like a cave. In a cave? I did not hear that. That is crazy. (laughs) Good stuff. So what's your favorite kind of cheese? My favorite kind of cheese? Oh, now that's a question. It depends what we're making. Depends what we're making. If we're going to grilled cheese, it's whatever we have. Every slice of cheese that we have in the house, it's going in that grilled cheese. Multiple cheeses should be on Multiple real cheese. I, I, I agree. It's absolutely. It, it, it adds so much to it. If I'm going for a sandwich, actually, Wisconsin does have a, nat, uh, a state cheese, in case you guys were wondering, too. What is it? Colby Jack. It's Colby oh, Jack. That's cheese. a great cheese. I like it's, Colby Jack. It's the best cheese. It, that, that'd be my favorite cheese if I, okay. if I had to pick one. That's uh, a good sandwich cheese. It's the best sandwich cheese. It's true. It's true. No one likes provolone. Provolone provolone's just boring. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had about cheese with people. Like it's it, it it's about as cartoonish as you would imagine it to be, frankly. You really do fit the Wisconsin stereotype. <laughs> it's, that's awesome. what I'm here for. That's good stuff. Yeah, provolone is pretty good though in certain cases. Like if you're having an Italian sub, Italian hoagie, what else right. are you going to put on there? But it's very it's, it's specific to that. It's it's versatile, but I, I'd go for more of a mozzarella. I just think it has more flavor and and it and it, and it has the same melting qualities that provolone does. So that it does, that it does. That's <laughs> fair. All right, very good. Um, so you are the Wisconsin Nationalist. Tell us a little bit about your platform. Well, uh, my platform. I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, that's just from my graphic design background. I I I, I like to keep it in the graphics in, in Instagram. But I just I just started a Twitter. 
hoping to hit at least 100 followers. So go follow me at Wisconsin Nat, I think. I, I don't know. It, it's linked on my page. You can go find it. Um, and I, I, I just try to, uh, I actually, I wrote it down. What my, my core beliefs are believing in economic localism, uh, strengthening the state's national guard, limiting immigration and stopping the cultural de- degradation that's happening in my state and country. Um, and my main mission really is just to try and conserve, conserve my state's heritage, culture, traditions, and make it the best that it can be. That's awesome. We agree with all of that wholeheartedly. This seems like a good starting point. We can talk about why we should be focused on states' rights, why we should be Wisconsinites or Pennsylvanians or Tennesseans first under the founding fathers' view, and then Americans. You are American second, your state comes first. It's true. It's true. And, and, and actually, you answered it right there. It's because that's how the, the, the our founding fathers intended it. They were all statesmen. It's George Washington, he, he was a he was from Georgia and he was very proud of that or Virginia. He was Virginia, whatever. Right. Right. And he, and he was very proud of that, that we used to be much more proud of our States. And, and I think that's more important is that we're the, we're the United States. So I'm from Wisconsin. I'm not from the United States. I'm from Wisconsin. Hmm. So I think that was a much more prevalent thing when this country started. And then federalism came in and kind of after the yeah. civil war, we were all kind of put in, put in place. You could say, yeah. But, yeah. Couple, couple thoughts on that. First off, yeah, this is actually a, uh, a principle of Christianity called subsidiarity. It's the belief that it is immoral for a larger governing body to do what a smaller governing body could do. Um, and that doesn't just mean government. That, could, that just means like governing unit. So first as the individual, and then what the individual can't do, the family should do. And only what the family can't do should the town do. And only what the town can't do should should the uh, county do, et cetera, until you get up to the federal government. So that framework is why the founding fathers believed in a small national government and a bigger state government, which we have totally inverted. Totally, completely. And I completely agree. And yeah, I think that the Fed's gone completely out of control. And I think that's one of the things that uh, pushed me much more towards the state side is because of how lost the Fed really is right now with, with the FBI being as it is and now. Our, our puppet president that we have up there who is, yeah, I, I don't, everyone knows how to, you don't have to talk about it really. Yeah, and that you, you, you can notice, you can t- t- even tell on my page, I don't even talk about Joe Biden anymore because there's nothing else to say. I mean, it's just, everyone knows it. Even I'm sure the left knows what he is. It's not even worth talking about. Yeah. I, I really have no um, like grudge against Joe Biden because I know he's just like a silly old man who's just yeah. being propped up. Like he's probably, if he was just some random old man on the street, I'd probably enjoy talking to him. He's just oh. a figurehead. Well, right, right. Yeah. And, and you're right. And it's actually, this, this was something else I wanted to talk about. One of the things with the focus on Wisconsin, I realized is that, you know, in the economic, in economics, there's microeconomics and macroeconomics. Wisconsin, I would say is a micro United States. Hmm. Everything that we have in Wisconsin Everything, all the problems we have, all the goodness we have is seen throughout the rest of the country. And I think a prime example of that is our governor, Tony Evers, is really the same thing as Joe Biden. He's just a puppet. The people people in, in the Capitol say he shows up at like 10 p.m. and leaves by like 2 because he just has to show up. He's not actually running the show. He doesn't actually know anything or do anything. So mm-hmm. it's it's very similar to that. And actually in this last election, last gubernatorial election, Tim Michaels was a very Trump-like candidate, so it was very interesting to see that huh. dichotomy. And yeah, interesting. Yeah, you know, one of my theories on why we've gone away from from putting our states first is a lot of it's just due to the 
change in technology, which has let people spread out all over the country. And a lot of people don't have those family ties with their state. I certainly don't. I, my dad was in the Air Force. We were traveling all over and we eventually settled in Pennsylvania, but we don't have deep ties here. So I think it's okay to, if you're in that situation, to just pick a state at some point in your life and plant your roots there and then, you know, become proud of that state. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the one where you live right now. I'm assuming you have a lot of family ties to Wisconsin. I do. Well, my my family is I, I'm I'm a little fuzzy on it still, but I I want to I want to do one of those those tests, you know, where they yeah. show how far back. And my mom actually got really into it a few years ago, um, and and traced my entire dad's side of lineage all the way back to hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But I'm, I'm a fourth generation Wisconsinite. You love to see it. And I actually live across the street from the house that my great grandparents built. I'm, I'm still that close to home. And, and wow. I, I have, my entire relatives all live near me. Uh, a couple moved to Florida, the, the, the snowbirds, you know, huh. uh, they, uh, yeah, but, That's but yeah, really so cool. I, it, it's really cool. And, and I, I think a lot of why I'm the way I am is because of the, my upbringing. I, I had a small town, Wisconsin. There, I, there's no better place on earth, honestly. I, small town America is really something. I know Stephen and I both want to have our families, you know, planted in a state and become part of that that local community as well. It's so true. Oh. It's so true. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and it's crazy, especially. In, I, I I don't know. I guess I, I don't travel much. I, I I like my Wisconsin, so I pretty much just stay here. But mm-hmm. in in Wisconsin, it's it's so cool to see all the different towns that are ten minutes away, but just the difference between between them. Obviously, they're all still little small towns. We all have our Culvers. We all have our quick trips, and you know, and then, but but the, even just the little high school football games, all the people that still come to them, the fact that they're still on TV. Uh, I, I I worked at a bar for a few years and. Uh, uh, they, they would get the high school football games up on the big TVs and everyone would be cheering along. They didn't care what national sports was going on. They, they cared about their small town football game, which I, I always love to see. Culver's nationalism, inevitable? Very inevitable. Very inevitable. Actually, I saw, I saw a very Doyle take. You, you learn a lot from memes. And I, I saw the, the, the most popular fast food chains in all the United States. And there was all the Chick-fil-A's in the South. And then, oh. and then you, Sonic's and whatever. Only Wisconsin had Culver's as our top. And then it, it, it panned to Wisconsin or, or uh, Culver's fighting off all the other McDonald's and everything. And oh, it's going to win big. <laughs> it's going to win big. I have a, uh, I have a funny Culver's uh, story, actually. Oh, boy. So I, I currently live in, in uh, Tennessee. That's where uh, my job is, has taken me. And, and I'm in, I'm, Enjoying the the culture here. It's um, uh, mid south, like southern. It's a little bit like midwestern. You get a lot of people coming in from different areas. But I had uh, a friend from high school uh, visit, and she was here with two of her other coworkers. They were touring a, uh, a FedEx facility uh, down here to kind of get some like cross training and and stuff. So they let them go around the country to different facilities to. I guess, learn how different FedEx facilities operate. And they went to a Culver's and she goes to me, I went to a, uh, this local place called Culver's. And I laughed at first. I laughed at her (laughs) and she didn't understand what I was talking about. And then she was, they were in the Culver's 
And this was right after Tennessee instituted uh, constitutional carry. So she's in there with these two other girls. And the one was pretty much apolitical, but the one was like very liberal. And they walk in the Culver's the day after Tennessee institutes constitutional carry. And this guy like walks right up to the to the group of them, like when they're standing in line at Culver's and was like to the one girl who's very liberal. Uh, hey, do you know if I'm allowed to have this in here? And just like shows his uh, and just like pulled it out. <laughs> just shows his belt buckle where he's uh, uh, packing a handgun. And uh, obviously, you should know the gun laws before, before you just before you walk into a building. Yeah, that's, before you yeah. walk in the Culver's. But uh, <laughs> the girl didn't know the answer, uh, and she walked out of the Culver's very. Uh, uncomfortable and got a nice Tennessee uh, welcome at the, uh, at the Culver's. So Tennessee is a beautiful state. I, I I've been there a few times, mostly just driving through, but, but it is a beautiful state and area. Oh yeah. We're taking the, the long way back home to uh, Pennsylvania for Christmas to go see the, uh, the Smokies and uh, get a excellent, nice little, uh, get a nice aesthetic. Steven, you know, that Christmas song, like there's no place like home for the holidays. Yeah. It's literally you. It's a it's a guy from Tennessee who's going back home to Pennsylvania for some pumpkin pie. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, listen to the song. Like it's that's, that's actually, it's actually unbelievable. All right, everybody, quick break. Go listen to the go listen to that song and come back. Yeah, pause. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I have those lyrics right, but I'm pre- yeah pretty sure. That's that's actually incredible. So you better have some pumpkin pie when you're home for Christmas. <laughs> but so. Wisconsin, looking at its demographics, it's a bunch of like German Catholics and Protestants. There's not any like super major cities. Why is it not blood red? And this goes for a lot of the Midwest. It, it, it is. It is a very good example of, of, of the Midwest as a whole. And and that and that is a very good question, something I, I've been trying to figure out. And I, I mostly have three reasons. One, big cities. Yeah, Wisconsin doesn't have the biggest cities, but we still have Milwaukee, Madison and Green Bay. Those three areas essentially are the entire Democrat voting base. And the only reason we don't win as many elections is because the left is a lot better at their ground game. In Madison, this last election cycle, they put polling because in Wisconsin, the the ballot boxes were deemed illegal as they should Mm be. So they painted them. I don't know. There was some campaign where they painted them all saying, go vote here instead but then they just made new polling places. So in Madison, they turn a barber shops into polling places. So very, I'm sure illegally, they sent vans out with ballots saying here, just drop this in at your, in your mailbox, fill it out, put it in your mailbox, send it in because the drop boxes were illegal, but mail mailing in ballots isn't. So you can still mail in your ballots all for, for the first two weeks. I mean, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and the right doesn't do that. I mean, especially in Wisconsin, it's we we just didn't do that as much. The Wisconsin governor's election just just a few what a month ago or two at this point. Yeah, yeah. But it was the most high or it was I think it was the governor. It was either the governor or the Senate race that was the most highly spent race in the entire U.S. Like mo- the more money was put into it than any other race. And the Democratic candidate for governor Tony Evers spent twice as much as Tim Michaels which isn't necessarily Tim Michaels fault. And I love Tim Michaels. I think he was a great candidate. I, I, I would have loved to have him as my governor, but he just didn't have the funding behind him. But that's also a problem with the right is we just don't have the, the cabal of billionaires that the left does. 
Yes, that is true. A couple things uh, to talk about there. Yeah, first off, the left just has the advantage in terms of like the population density in the cities makes it a lot yeah. easier to do that ground game. To ballot harvest. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what that's, it is. I mean, yeah. the, in the 2020 election, they had uh, what what Dan, a very popular conservative talk show host in, in Milwaukee is Dan O'Donnell, and he called it uh, uh, fraud in the park. And they literally just set up camp in this park and said, hey, come put your come give us your ballots and we'll drop it off for you. Well, that's ballot harvesting. You can't do that. That's illegal. But no one stops them. It's, it's, it's again, it's the rules for thee, but not for me. They'll go do that. They'll drive vans around Kenosha, just pick up ballots, but we don't do that. And if we tried, I'm sure we'd be arrested. Actually, there was somebody, there was somebody who, sh- who tried to show how easy it is to cheat in these elections by, he, he went on to the, my vote, dot wisconsin or whatever it is website and put put, submitted a ballot for somebody else and he was arrested promptly because he was a conservative trying to expose the system that's just wild yeah that's a big problem that the right's gonna have to overcome and i i hope at least now that it's been clearly diagnosed as a problem it's something they can work towards yeah i don't think a couple years ago people were thinking about that but now i'm hearing people especially after these midterms talk about how Republicans are just totally behind the ball on. They are. I mean, in every way and every way. And, and uh, the left really, they turned running an election into an art form and they perfected it. I mean that everything that they do, the signs, they, the, they don't really do much door knocking anymore, which isn't really effective. I don't think. Um, but that's all the right. Every time I try to get involved, they're like, well, let's do door knocking. I'm like, Hey, I don't have time for that. No one has time for that. And Nobody getting, answers their door. Nobody's going to answer the door to, for no. some random stranger. People don't answer the phone if they don't recognize the call. You think yeah. they're going to talk to some stranger on their front step? Yeah, that's because we it's got crazy. all the boomers, I guess, running stuff. So it they is. don't know it, it how is. to use and that, the internet. And that's, and that's one of the reasons we need this this young generation. And there is. And I, I know a lot of them. There's a lot of great guys doing a lot of great stuff here in Wisconsin. And I it gives me a lot of hope when I see them doing the stuff. Uh, I know a lot of good guys running for uh, the Wisconsin I'm pretty sure the college Republicans, they're running for the chair of that position to try and get us pointed in the right direction. That's good. There is reason for hope, especially state and local elections. And one thing I always keep in mind is it took the left about 100 years to get to the point where they are now, where they just seem to have their tentacles and everything. And we only recently realized about this problem. You know, we didn't really know until Trump came along. So it's going to take a while to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's. It's, it's not an easy fix, that's for sure. But uh, again, saw a good meme. We were, we were, and it said, it said something like, we, we were put here too late to discover the, the world. We were put here too early to, to discover the stars to, to, for space travel. But we were put here just in time to save the West. And that's been pretty much my mission statement ever since I saw it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome meme. I've seen some like that, and it definitely gets you fired up. I can see Steve, he's got some fire in his eyes, and now he wants to save the West. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, there's, and talking about just Wisconsin and like localism, I mean, it has not taken long to, I guess, turn around a state like Florida that was considered a purple state for a very long time. Um, Again, there's migration to red states, uh, swing states. So I would say... Pennsylvania and Wisconsin both have very similar uh, situations going on right now where 
they've had these uh, ballot harvesting, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, situations or scandals, whatever whatever you want to call yeah. it. Just like, yeah. Fortification. Fortification. That's the word I've been using for all this yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, we see Arizona going through a very similar situation. Now, Arizona mm-hmm. has a lot different problems than PA in Wisconsin, just specifically because they're on the uh, the border and dealing with the large influx of uh, illegal immigration. But this is something that, again, you get someone who is America first and willing to actually address the grievances of their base, that this can be fixed in really a couple, a couple election cycles. And it's really just going to take someone like you and, you know, a group of your friends to really just like, you know, grease your palms and uh, uh, get to work up there. But it can be done. It is inevitable. And Jesus wins in the end. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have a quick point to make on, on something you just said there on how, how Arizona is different than, than like Pennsylvania or, or Wisconsin. And I think that that really is the key here that I don't, I mean, I, I also came to the conclusion at one point that if every, if the entire world was Wisconsin, it'd be a much better place, frankly. But, <laughs> um, but I, I almost don't want that just because I want to keep my Wisconsin special. I want my cheese curds. I want, I want, <laughs> I want people to go to the go to church at nine a.m. and then be in the bar by noon because that's what we do here. I want, <laughs> I want to keep Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and and I think that's one of their one of the big reasons that they are doing what they're doing with their big egalitarian takeover that they're trying. They just want to make everything the same everything boring equality is a false god and they they just want to ruin what makes us special and I, i'm not going to sit here and let them do it good yeah th- i i really do like a lot about midwest culture wisconsin culture that guy on youtube charlie burns i think Char- his charlie name. barons he's a great charlie guy Barron. oh he's so funny lib though he's he's very <laughs> yeah, lib. He's very that's, disappointing you know, I saw that. that's unfortunate but, but he's still doing a lot for uh, wisconsin culture it's true it's true I, you guys love brats too, right? Brats we do, are awesome. We do actually, yes, yes, brats, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Tailgating yeah, brats, you'll love to see it. Good stuff. Way better than hot dogs. But yeah, I, I think that's a good point. It's nice to have like those differences between the states. It's cool. It makes makes it fun to to visit new places when there's a different and distinct culture. See, so. see, that's the thing. They like their diversity, but not diversity of culture. They don't like it. They they want us all united under the same globalist flag, and I'm I yes. will, I'm not here for it. Right? They want the rainbow flag. They want people to look different, but they want everyone to think the same and have exactly. all the same customs, and just totally backwards. And that's the thing with the left. You can have all these the the whole rainbow of people. You can have the browns, the whites, all of them, but they all no one breaks ranks, and that's something that I think honestly we should be more like them in that respect. That no one breaks ranks. Nobody. That was one of the biggest problems in this last election in Wisconsin, that there was a very highly contested primary. Rebecca Clayfish, big Republican insider. I'm not a huge fan. I'm sure she could do good things, but I don't I don't want her as my governor. Um, And once she lost the primary, gone. So much support in the state got over, got half of the votes that Tim Michaels got barely over half of. But gone. No support for Tim Michaels. No one rallied behind him. Good example, Mandela Barnes. He was the the would have been the most far left candidate in the U.S. Senate if he would have won against Ron Johnson. Luckily, he didn't because Ron Johnson is our guy. 
when it, it showed in the polls that Mandela Barnes was leading, everyone else dropped out. They didn't even give people a choice because they all just dropped out and rallied behind him. Where is that in the Republican Party? Where is that unity? And this brings me to Trump. The whole Trump versus DeSantis thing, which is all a psyop. I, yeah, we all know Trump is running. So with this in mind, you can either get with it or get with it because he's running and he's probably going to win. And all you're going to do is get Joe Biden or Kamala or one of the other insert Democrat name here elected by not supporting our guy. Yeah, it's it's really sad to see what's happening among some of my friends talking about the Trump versus DeSantis thing, which people forget DeSantis has not announced that he's running. And I really hope he doesn't because I do not trust him. I will not trust him if he decides to run against Trump, the guy who got him where he is and who started this movement. But us, too many people are, you know, people who I think are smart and I respect them a lot. I like them. They are behind DeSantis because they think he's, they just think he's more electable. They think Trump's yeah. had his turn and he lost. They, they, they just don't quite get it. They say what? they'll still vote for Trump. Good, but we have to work on that. Why would you, one, throw your support behind someone that your political adver- adversaries are telling you to throw your support behind? And two, like, why why is there no honor or, like, admiration in, in being a, a good governor? Like, if you actually cared about your state and were actually true to your cause, like our guy, Wisconsin nationalist here, you being governor of Florida would be enough for uh, Ron DeSantis. You know what? He wasn't a, yeah. his, his, he, he was in the, in the military, but his rise to fame has been through creating a populist movement in Florida politics. Like why? And if he's a resident of Florida, why would he not want to, you know, keep Florida great? Uh, he can serve out the rest of his term and fulfill his duty to the people of Florida that he set out on in the beginning. And then he could run for uh, president if he so chooses to. But his duty to his constituents in Florida isn't finished yet, whereas Donald Trump was already, you know, multinational uh, billionaire. He had already, like, I guess, like, beat the game, if if you so to say, before he decided to, you know, go down the golden escalator and change the course of American politics for forever. I mean, forever, yeah. But I, I agree. I think there does have to be some kind of loyalty to the state, and if the people of your state elect you, it shouldn't be. Oh well, I'm getting money thrown at me by millionaires and multinational corporations, so I'm just gonna throw Florida to the wayside and just let it become a uh, become a purple state again, or have someone else govern it incompetently. There, there, there is some honor in you know serving out a term and just wanting to make your make your state great again you know what i mean to make america great again you got to make your state great again first true that's what we say all the time you make your yourself great you make your family great then your community then your state then your country that's how it goes that's how it goes it's so true it's so true yeah so something else we touched on you were saying that uh the dems just have more of those they have the big rich donors and we just simply don't and we had a guy on the podcast a couple weeks ago zach 
uh, he was talking about how instead of a, a populist revolution, what we really need is some elites. We need the right needs their own elites to get in there and really make the change happen to be the ones with the big money and the power and to be elites, but be good. It's true. It, I mean, yeah. And, and I think that really does just come down to the, what I would more consider the economic localism, that the supporting your small businesses and make them bigger, support the people, get behind the people that you support. And because then they'll support you, you right. know, it, we, we should stop, stop shopping <laughs> up Walmart because they hate you. Go to Piggly Wiggly, you know, go to Frank's, go to your local grocery store. I mean, I, I love going to local grocery stores. I, I, I don't like Walmart. I don't like Target. I don't like all these new gay globalist corporations. Stop, then just stop going to them. If we stop funding them, they'll stop destroying our country because they don't have the money to. Yeah, true. There's um, two local grocery stores in my town and uh, they're kind of in the same spot. One of them has a, has a uh, ad in my local church. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to that one. They're yeah. supporting my church. That, yeah, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah. especially in Wisconsin, there's a bunch of the these little like farmer market types type stores and, and they're great. And I, I love going into them. A bunch of local made products, just people from the town. It literally is the town square, but more modern because um, people just come, they drop their stuff off. They the, the people who in the place buy it and then they just sell it. And nice. It's all local good stuff. And yeah, I love going into places like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I don't mean to. uh make a uh, Wisconsin pun, but quite literally, you have to become the big cheese. You do. I mean, it's true. And I think, <laughs> again, the being the big cheese, don't tempt me. I will go get my big cheese shirt right now. It's in my dresser. Do you have I a cheese hat? Will. Yes. I a cheese hat. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. Cheese hat. I, I'm looking at my two Wisconsin stickers on my laptop. I have three posters right here. Oh, my God. It's incredible. That's many, great. Many doubt my commitment to this, but it's here. Um, I had a point. I, I lost track. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I apologize for my Wisconsin pun, but I had to. We're, to we're, 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 we're talking about, you know, uh, becoming the elites and like making, making a big splash, like prop bringing up our local community. Cheese. You gotta be the, someone's gotta be the big cheese and, and that's and you, really, Wisconsin. And, and, and there's just so especially in the Wisconsin government right now, there's just so much weakness. We really need someone strong. Now, again, that's why I really like Tim Michaels because he was a good, strong. I went to so many of his rallies, good, strong candidate, businessman. I was like, look, I'm get He literally said at one of his rallies, the, the his uh, potential lieutenant governor came with, he was like, look, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get shit done. And if they say I can't, I'm going to go look at my lieutenant governor and say, can I do this? And he's going to say, yes. That's the energy we need because that's that's, good that's the left's energy. They don't care about if it's legal. They don't care about if it's moral, if it's right. They just get it done. They do get it done. And of course, we will be moral because well, yeah, we, are, we are correct. Exactly. And, and yeah, that's the difference is, is we would get it done, but we'd be doing it for Christ. Well, well you know? yeah, when it, when it comes to using the levers of power, the, the right always, always when it comes time to use power, there's always this like libertarian streak that kind of like lashes out of them. They're like, well, we can't actually legislate morality. And then, you know, right. The, the I mean, correct response is yes, we, we quite literally can. I mean, that's what law is by definition. It's <laughs> legislating. Morality. Literally it is literally the purpose of government is to incentivize and disincentivize behavior. That's all it is. 
why why yeah. do th- why is murder illegal? Because it's a bad thing to do. That's why you're not allowed to do yes. it. Uh, right. Like and yeah. we like, know that because the Bible said so. But you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like Wisconsin incentivized cheese production and disincentivized leftist propaganda. Literally. It's- all right. Hypothetical. I become governor. <laughs> subsidized chickens. Everyone should have chickens. Yes. No, no more big egg. None of it. Mm-hmm. Su- subsidized chickens. Ban the import of all non-Wisconsin made cheese. Subsidized cheese making. And it, and it's there. And it's done. Heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy tariff on any imported goods. We need to be self-sufficient. And Wisconsin being one of the i'm pretty sure one of the top five producers in the in the country we were a lot higher and then china took all our jobs which might be coming back after what i've heard is happening in china but like and and this is why all of our cities are so bad because kenosha is a great example it was one of the the heart belt biggest manufacturing cities in the in the country in the world and then they shipped it all to china and now it's just an empty hollow i went to school in kenosha for four years and it's empty i mean it's so many big buildings that are all just sitting there because there's no one in them anymore. Sad. It is. Yeah. Sad. And, and like, obviously the, one of the, the main reasons is that Kenosha is in everyone's memory is because of like the riots that happened there. Exactly. And, and on, on, yeah, honestly, like that's, and it's sad. I, I wish I could see Im- images of it as a uh, booming industrial town, but literally the only images we got not. were, were a dumpster fire. Because that, that's what it is right now. I mean, it, it's a direct representation of where our cities are at, especially here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee just broke the the homicide rate for three years in a row, yes, like two or three days ago. It's just now December. We're going to break 200 in a year. That's insane. It's not Chicago numbers because that's Chicago's insane. But yeah. Milwaukee's almost there. I mean, it's crazy. That's crazy. Now, what is funny to hear you say all, all this, is I was talking to a friend who's uh, from Pennsylvania, spent time in Philly. He was in uh, in Milwaukee for a summer for an internship, and he thought the cities there were so much better, so much cleaner so, compared to East Coast cities. So they as are. bad as they might be, they are not East Coast cities. Oh, I know. I, I know. And, that I, you know, I used to be one of these Wisconsinites that was like annex Milwaukee, no more, just, just flat. I used to say, flatten it, make it all a cornfield. Now, then who's going to make our beer? I don't know, but, but we can't <laughs> do that. And and I think it was mostly Tim Michaels, honestly, that, that convinced me on it. And he said that Milwaukee isn't the problem. It has a problem. Hmm. All of our cities aren't, the cities aren't the problem. I mean, they're, not great. I, I don't think they're, they provide the best living conditions for most people, but they're, they're not the problem. They have a problem that can be fixed, but they just keep electing the same people who are ruining it and not fixing it. That's how New York went from being un, under, uh, what was his name? The, uh, Giuliani. Giuliani. Yeah. It went from being a beautiful, great city to the complete shithole that it or, is. Or, sorry, I mixed it up. Giuliani is the one who fixed it like back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah th- that was the name I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, great point about the chickens. Unfortunately, I live in a pod right now, no yard, but I would love to have chickens and have the fresh eggs. It's true. That would be so I, nice. I, I grew up with chickens. I, I don't know if you guys know what 4-H is, but I, I grew up doing all that stuff and uh, actually certified poultry judge. So if you have any chickens wow. for me to look at, I'll look at them. But, That's awesome. And yeah, everyone should have chickens. And even just for the for even for the kids that we all I'm sure intend on having it's so good for them to learn that responsibility from that 
to learn how to take care of something to, to learn if you don't feed it, you're going to lose it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very good. All right. I think, uh, possibly our last topic is let's bring in how faith informs politics. Cause I, I think a lot of us younger, uh, Gen Z conservatives kind of found politics first and then got more into faith. Similar for you? Uh, more or less, more or less. I, I grew up in, in the church. Well, I'm, I'm not Catholic. I'm Lutheran as, as most of the people are in my area. But, um, so yeah, I grew up going to church. I went to a little church school, um, till eighth grade, I went to the same school with the same group of people. And it was mostly my teachers that I think really instilled my uh, conservative values. I learned, I loved learning about World War II. One one of my favorite teachers was big history buff and taught us all about American history, but he showed it not how most kids are hearing it. Now, when I learned about Pearl Harbor, my teacher literally said to me, America was hurt. And it wasn't a matter of when we, of how we, if we're going to win, we're going to win. Whose ass are we going to kick? That's how I learned about America growing up. And that's Dude, having it teachers that instill conservative values in you. That is so awesome. It's true. That's and, special. That's, and that's one of the reasons I'm the way I am. I mean, cause if I grew up in the public schools where uh, my girlfriend went to public school and uh, she got told, told me all about the crazy that she got to hear that I never did just because I mean, yeah. but, and then especially when I went to college too, I, was pretty instill. I was one of you know one of the pump pl- pipe the conservative pipeline you know where you start with like your Ben Shapiro's your your uh your your Stephen Crowders and then you get further in. I started with my Ben Shapiro in like early high school, so I I was yeah. watching him and I got really into it. And and yeah, I I would say that especially through college, it really solidified. Every time I heard them say something stupid that I knew was stupid, it just vindicated me more. Um, and I think that yeah, I I fell out of the church for a little bit. And I think especially with the my conservative values strengthening, I think my faith did too. So I, I definitely say that applies to me. That's very good. Yeah, a lot of people are realizing now that you can't put your faith in, in just like man to fix things. It no. goes back to the church. We need the church for a community. We need churches. We need community. We, we can't have a conservative society without having a high trust society and faith brings us a high trust society because everyone follows the Bible. Right. And brings a charitable society as well, where people take care of each other. Exactly. Yeah. I, I sent you that, uh, that, that thing today where, uh, the, that American Christians, uh, give more in charity than the entirety of the, uh, the U S government. And like, and like, it's not close. <laughs> yeah. Here's the statistic. It was great figure. Um, Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022 at $300 total. So Christians outgave everybody else in America, including the U.S. government, in addressing global global poverty. Wow. Pretty dang cool. So next time they tell you that they want to take away your your church's uh, tax-exempt status, it just means... uh, Daddy government's getting uh, getting jealous of how much the uh, the churches actually uh, give to everyone. They, they just so, want they just want a cut. They saw how they much want, the church is giving away, and they want a cut. Unsurprisingly, government does what government does. Yeah, that might be like the straw that breaks the camel's back. If if the government starts going after like churches in any capacity, oh yeah, that would really rile people up. I, I would I would hope so. Anyway, yeah, I that mean, would radicalize also, people. You know. 
they, they, they shut down your schools. They shut down gyms. They shut down churches all yeah. like two years ago. And not a whole lot happened after that. So that is true. People are willing to take a lot of abuse, unfortunately. It's true. It's true. Do you think what, so, so you think that, uh, if, if they start going after the churches, that's, what's going to break, break, break the camel's back. Yeah. Cause I think that could get a lot of people who are sort of moderate, but very, yeah. it won't Christian. be a, ma- won't be a majority, but again, uh, what is, uh, Ah, this is the perfect time for my Samuel Adams quote about about liberty. This is Go for it. He says it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen to set brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. I think that was from the uh the COVID episode when we said uh we didn't oh, yeah. uh, we weren't gonna submit to the uh the, the tyranny. I, I brought up that quote. Still one of my favorite quotes. Again, it's not gonna take we are going to make all of our states great again, and then all of our fellow citizens will will thank us for it. But you know, it's true. It's true. It's 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 a it's it's an honest day's work. It's a thankless job, but you it, it know, is a very hard. thankless job. It's true, and so, uh, and I think I think it's important again, especially at the states level, to have especially especially in Wisconsin. I think it's almost unmatched the amount of state pride that we have which gives me so much hope. Oh, oh, my only other guess would be Texas has as much state pride as we do. But other than for that, it's not even close. And I think that gives me so much hope that if someone sees someone who really is Wisconsin first, nine times out of 10, they're willing to go along with it. Um, and I think especially one of my main focuses is if we can save the state, we may have a chance because if the rest of the country burns as I'm a little doomer. I think it might. I think we're, I think the, the 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 country is pretty much lost. But I think if we can save the state at least for a little bit longer, we can be a, like a beacon to help the rest of the states show them the, the the right path. Yeah, I hope you guys never lose that Wisconsin pride. That's really awesome. It's good to see. And yeah, I do think the federal government not in good shape. The national government. It's I still pay attention to it, but it really should not be our focus. Fix your state. That's where things can get better and stay better. And a union of a, a handful of solid states, that could be something that that survives the test of time. It's true. It's true. But we're, so. running, out, we're running out of time. And uh, just, just one quick point that I wanted to make uh, earlier, uh, Steve, you were talking about how, how uh, especially Florida has gone so solid red. We can do that in Wisconsin. It's just, it's going the other way right now. So in which is why I think they're okay with how narrowly they won this last election because they're just going to keep flooding in more and more people. The, this, the replacement theory is real. It's it's not even a question. So they're, they're and we need, especially in Wisconsin, we have all the, the the snowbirds we call them or the the winter birds, something like that, where they they go to Florida for for the winter, and then they come back when it's warmer in Wisconsin because we go from a hundred degrees to negative twenty mm-hmm. throughout a year. It's crazy. But um, so we need to stop that migration to other states, and we do we we need more conservatives to move here to to kind of do what do what we did in this pre Civil War era when a new state came in. Well, is it free or slave? Well, they're going to have a vote. All right, I support uh, freeing the slaves. I'm going to move there and vote my way to make sure we get another state. We need more of that. You know, we we need less trafficking over the southern border. We need 
Greg Abbott to not send any illegals here. As far as I know, he hasn't, but we need to make sure that stays that way. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Very well said. Also have a big family. Big family. Yes. Yes. It's so true. All right. Well, Mr. Wisconsin, this was great. Thanks so much for coming Wisconsin on. Wisconsin has a great state flag. I was just looking at it and it has a cornucopia. So I very much like the cornucopia. I am. It, it's, it is a beautiful thing, frankly. When when we take power, which we will, I have no plans on changing the, the flag state. All right. Or the, the, yeah, the state's flag, whatever. Good, good. Th- thank you guys for having me. This was my, my first podcast, and I, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, hopefully talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Andrew, we have to have a uh, – we didn't have the call to action. We had to do the call uh, to action. Yes, we do need our call to action. Um, go get yourself some Wisconsin cheese. It's true. It's true. Go support, get some cheese. Your, no, go ahead. Okay. Support your, support your local small businesses. Go go to your local restaurants. Go to your I don't know if you if you drink go or if you're allowed to drink. Go to your local bar. Support your small business. Yes. Eat some cheese. Yes. That's yes. a great call to action. Good stuff. Eat some cheese. Again, support localism and learn something about your state. Know know something cool. Just a fun fact about your state. No why it's a state, why it's there, why you like living there and make it great. Like Wisconsin's making Wisconsin great. We try, we try. Good stuff. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time.